You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. What's going on, everybody? Johnny Heller here, host of the Phillies Nation podcast, coming at you with another episode. Uh, I'm here recording in Philadelphia for the first time in a few months. Uh, So, yeah, um, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ty Daubert. Ty, what's going on? Yeah, not much. Phillies game just got over as we're recording. It's 11 p.m. on the dot. Uh, As you said in in a text message to me, it's a rough day for the Washington Nationals. They lose their game. But I think even a little more insulting is that former Nationals prospect Lucas Giolito throws a no-hitter. Really awesome game there. Uh, cool ending to the game that that ball was smoked to right field, but he threw it right down the middle. He wanted the fastball up, and he kind of left it right there. <laughs> but it was caught, and you know that was a fun celebration. It was cool to see. We love no hitters here. We love all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so rough one for the Nationals, I guess. At least Adam Eaton hit a homer tonight, right? Yeah, Adam Eaton. You know, anytime we talk about Adam Eaton, and, and um, you know, for anyone listening. Giolito was the top prospect that was traded for Adam Eaton. That was probably two or three years ago. Um, three or four at this point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And and Giolito struggled a lot in his first big league season, bounced back in a big way last year. And now he's you know one of the best pitchers in baseball. And obviously, throwing a no hitter is awesome. But whenever we talk about Adam Eaton, uh, I'll always think to the there's a clip of uh, Ozzy Guillen who managed him in Chicago for a couple of years. Uh, I guess he he was on the the White Sox like post game or something, and he said, "No one in that locker room likes you, Adam Eaton." <laughs> Just like, oh my god! Yeah, he really coming at I, him. He addressed. He's like Adam Eaton, and he looks in the cage like Adam Eaton. Nobody likes you. That <laughs> I do think of that. Yeah. Every time I we have you know anyone has Adam Eaton discourse, uh, or you think of you know the Phillies legend Adam Eaton. Adam Eaton, who got booed when he received his World Series ring, which is yeah, just... it happens to the best of them, I guess. Listen, if I could get a World Series ring, I'd gladly accept it while getting booed. That's the price I have to pay. Yeah, uh, I I'd agree. As you mentioned, it's it's eleven. It's past eleven p.m. and you know we. Now, in the midst of the season, we're recording on Tuesday night after the games. Um, pod goes out on Wednesday. You're probably listening to this on a Wednesday. And tonight, the game started at 6 p.m. So I think we both thought that we would maybe get an earlier start than we have the last couple weeks. Um, the rain, the weather had other ideas, I guess. Yeah, last, last week's game, the, the scheduling – and just the, the pace of the game was the reason oh, we were up so late. Game. A 7.30 game that went like four hours. That was ridiculous. <laughs> but we can't catch a break, evidently. This rain delay was so unneeded. I honestly a little bit wish they just called the game. Like, they're saying how they, with the pandemic and uh, they don't and everything, they don't want players kind of like, huddling in the locker rooms or whatever for too long for a rain delay. I say if you're past the fifth inning, like if and you it. go to a rain delay, just call it, at call least it. for the regular season. Yeah. Like just call it. And we could have recorded so much longer ago. Think about it. Yeah. We could have been, you know, gone to sleep now, but that's all right. 
you know who needs who needs sleep when yeah, rain, de- rain delays are horrible rain delays are horrible that yeah, was yeah. just what i wanted to say what, can can baseball players not tough it out they, come on they don't want it enough <laughs> they, they need to want it more like the other sports i've never heard of a basketball game getting delayed for weather ever that uh, that is true i guess yeah sorry uh, all right um i guess we could get back to baseball now um Tough week for the Phillies since we last spoke. They had won their fourth straight game. Things were looking up. Um, but, you know, they lost the second game to the Red Sox. And then they went to Buffalo and they lost both of those games. And then they went to Atlanta and lost two in a row. Um, theme in that in all of those games was – it was a couple things. It was – the offense scoring in the first, second, third inning, and then doing nothing the rest of the game. They had a lead in every single one of those games. Um, and then the it was either the, the starter faltering in the fourth or fifth inning or the bullpen blowing up later in the game or a combination of both. Or both, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, they lost all of those games. And, yeah, uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on what transpired last week? Yeah, so I – the one that stuck out to me the most, I think, obviously, was the doubleheader in Buffalo against yeah. the Blue Jays. They get they blow a lead in the first game, get walked off on. Uh, just a rough one. Jose Alvarez, he takes a ball yeah. off the That's, groin area. He's on the injured list. I mean, I think Matt Breen's pretty much said today that they expect him to be out for a month because – yeah, two two weeks. I think it was two weeks until he can throw, and then probably another two weeks to yeah. get back into it. And he was their most dependable reliever, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and that was a rough one. But it was pretty awesome that he completed the play. I think that there's probably no chance that I would have ever completed that play after uh, what happened. I probably would have just. I wouldn't. Why did he even go for it? Like, how did he? How did he still? How is he that committed that he went for the he ball? Just, he just wanted it more than you ever could. I <laughs> like I can't even imagine having the desire to still go after the ball. Yeah. You know, he did it and yeah, like out for a month and like you said, he's their their most dependable reliever in a season where they have not really had any other dependable relievers. Um so that that hurts them, definitely. Um what else? Uh, the rotation, you know, the rotation was was good for a while this season, like all around pretty good. And then this past week, it seems like everyone kind of took a step back. Other than Wheeler, who, who had a couple good starts. Um, you know, Velasquez is out of the rotation now. Um, yeah, that, that last Nola start was really, was really, really, really rough. Cool. After a stretch where he – I just wrote about it where the, that last three-game stretch was one of – was probably the best of his career. Yeah, or up there. Of, yeah. Up there with some of the best Phillies stretches uh, in, you know, the history of the franchise. And then they go out there against a division rival. Well, I guess most of the games are going to be against the division <laughs> rival. rival. But that that is a rough one. That is yeah. – you, you need sh- you need more out of out of your ace. Short start of his career, and yeah, coming off that brutal uh, doubleheader, you needed him to go out there and shove, and he did not. No, do what he needed to. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know what more we could really say about those games. They didn't – and some of them they didn't hit enough. Um, and uh, the, the bullpen obviously looked horrible, and they went out and they made some changes. So um, they acquired David Hale from the New York Yankees in exchange for Addison Russ, who uh, minor leaguer has a pretty good splitter. Um, do you have any thoughts on on that trade? Yeah, I thought it was a little short sighted. I I think Hale's all right. He's, you know, for his career, he's just been kind of like an average ish reliever for the most part. And I I think that you know trading somebody who is um who's who's a good relief prospect and could maybe even help your team this year if not almost definitely in the future i think that's just a little short-sighted for for a reliever that uh is just okay uh i don't i don't hate the move just because it's not like russ was um you know a prospect on the level of somebody like sir anthony dominguez was in 2018 he wasn't somebody who was going to come in here and save your bullpen or anything like that and be the biggest piece of it but I think that I think that uh, you know if they gave him a shot, he possibly could have succeeded this year. And uh, you know they they just had to give up on a pretty decent relief prospect because none of the signings they made worked, and they what didn't signings? get him. What signings? I mean, they opted for the minor league deal route just signing as many of those as they could and none of them they they were hoping that some of them would hit and none of them really hit that's what that's what i mean uh i i think if they could redo the offseason they probably would have done it a little differently and then they wouldn't have had to trade any of their prospects yeah and it's gonna build off what you say i think like i agree russ obviously he's like he's fine and and you know, he's had enough success in the minors, strikes out a ton of guys that, you know, maybe he finds a little success in the majors, but I, I think... Where's glasses, that, which is always... A, right. They make for good relievers. Yeah. Um, you know, he... Uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I got it back. So, you know, maybe he could make an impact this season but I think they might have been turned off a little bit by the fact that the two guys they did call up, uh, Ramon Rosso and Connor Brogdon, who had never pitched in the majors and, you know, looked like guys who could make an impact this season. Both came up and both struggled. Now, Brogdon only had three outings. He did give up three home runs in those three outings, so didn't look good from him. Uh, and, and maybe they just thought, all right, this, this isn't going to cut it. Let's go get guys with experience. Um, I don't like the move because it's not like they're bringing in a guy who's had a ton of success or has like great stuff. It's just, we talked about it last week. Like you can look at what they did last off season. They gave up nothing and they built a decent, like, I don't know if decent is the right word, but they built, they built a, a bullpen that got the job done. Look at baseballreference.com. Dot com. Fourth best DRA. in and after August 1st, um, and, you know, they, like, they, they didn't give up anything for any of those guys. Like, 
nothing. Um, so I think it, it just bothers me a little bit. Like, there's got to be guys out there. There yeah, has and, to. And has to. This hail trade wasn't even the most that they they gave right. up. Uh, they traded for Heath Embry and uh, Brandon Workman, and they gave up Nick Pavetta, who was once a I, I don't know a, a huge prospect, but uh, after his second An analytics darling, I think after after his is. second uh, year in the major leagues, there was a lot of expectations that he'd make the jump, and you know he was a pretty well regarded player last off season. Wow, that was last off season. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, but last off season there was a lot of hope for for him as a player, and it didn't work out in Philadelphia. Uh, and he was traded in that deal to the Red Sox, as well as Connor Siebold, who is a starting pitching prospect, projects as like a, a back end of the rotation kind of guy. And that's kind of a steep price to give up for two relievers, um, especially when this season is like third, like 30-ish games remaining, something like that. So, yeah, that's a steep price. But at the same time, I don't think it was going to work in Philadelphia with Pavetta. So maybe, um, you know, it wasn't that that much. If you are confident in uh, in what you can get out of these relievers, if, if you think Embry and Workman are going to solidify your bullpen and make it from really bad into at least passable, then I guess I understand why you would make that trade. But it definitely is a lot to give up, but the Phillies were kind of in a position where they didn't have too much of a choice. They needed relievers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it definitely did kind of feel like um, a little bit that Matt Clintac was in panic mode. You know, who knows if he's fighting for his job? Um, who knows what kind, of he's pre- what kind of pressure he's getting from the top? Like, you know, uh, it feels like they overpaid at both trades. I don't mind the Workman and Henry one as much, just because, like I said, like just like David Hale, like he was just designated for assignment. And again, I just there have to be guys comparable to him out there. He doesn't have like he does not have great stuff. Has he even pitched yet for them? For the Phillies? Yeah. I no no. no. He warmed uh, up. He warmed up today, but he didn't get in the yeah. game. Yeah, um, and yeah, I agree. They overpaid. I, I think, like you said, last off season after the 2018 season, Pavetta was like kind of an analytics darling. Some people saying, "Oh, he might, you know, be a Cy Young dark horse." Uh, who knows what his trade value was then? Compared to what it is now, you know they they traded him for was, I half, they traded him for thirty games of Workman and you know thirty and then thirty games and all of next season of Hembry. I this isn't sourced information. I'm not getting info from anywhere, but I can guarantee you that his trade value was much higher last yeah. season. Oh, uh, than, it, than it is yeah. right now. Yeah, there's a there's a looks sidebar. There's a, a Dodgers. I don't think he was a scouting director, but he was he he worked in the analytics department of the Dodgers, who who spoke at one of my classes at Temple last last season or last last year. And I after class, I went and I asked him specifically about Pavetta because this was after 
Pavetta had had struggled in the twenty a little bit in twenty nineteen, um, but you heard all the stuff about how he was regarded, um, and I asked him like, you know, how 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 do you value a guy like that who who has you know stuff like he does, and he said like basically told me that he was a guy that the Dodgers were were in on, and um, if you know if a, if a team like the Dodgers is in on a guy like Pavetta, then you know every team is in on on Pavetta because the Dodgers are the, the one of the best analytic teams in in baseball so the, i mean didn't that speaker also throw dave roberts under the bus for the throw, playoff loss yes yes um someone asked someone asked him if uh because this guy had just left the analytics department um after the the 2019 season he just left the dodgers completely right yeah he, he wasn't yeah. With the he, left, he left the dodgers he went and started his own firm but um someone asked him like do you guys ever get pushback, um, you know, from the coaches on, on you know, analytic decision, analytic-based decisions that, you know, you, you try to push them to make? Because he had, he had said, like, we feed them information throughout the game. And, like, based on this, this is the decision you should make. And he was like, did you watch game five of the NLDS? Because, obviously, <laughs> Dave Roberts left Kershaw and he left Joe Kelly in for a second inning. and. <laughs> yeah that was yeah like i said a little sidebar there but just you know something to remember um back to the phillies do you how do you feel about the phillies bullpen now uh they tonight they gave a one run henry gave up a, a home run to adam Eaton. he looked henry who looked really good i think on sunday night against the braves and he looked first two batters tonight out out quickly but um he wasn't able to finish the inning, but but all in all, how, how do you feel about the the Phillies bullpen compared to where it might have been a week ago? I think it. So first of all, they've added they've added three relievers who uh, are at least like major league calib- caliber, which is going to help the team. Uh, and so just based on that alone, they're in a better spot than they were one week ago. But at this and also at the same time. While the relievers were really bad early on, like they aren't as bad as they were pitching, so I think they're they were also due like for some progression to the mean there. To, they just have to pitch better. Like there's no way they can stay as bad as they were pitching, in my opinion. And I think we're starting to see that a little bit. With basically everybody right now, except for well, Naris got some. He he got hit around today, but neither of them were like great hits or anything. Uh, but other than Workman, who got roughed up in right away in his first appearance, and then he almost blew a save before he got <laughs> bailed out on a really nice play that we're gonna have to talk about. Yeah. But for the most part, I I think Tommy Hunter he looked. He looked good tonight. He looked, looked really good, good tonight. The other night too. Yeah. Right? Did he pitch on Sunday? I think he did. Um, th- that decision to go with him uh, against Cabrera, like Tommy Hunter has really good splits against lefties. I, I like that decision from Girardi a lot uh, to go to go with Hunter in that spot. And then he he went and he pitched another inning, and he looked good. Adam Morgan got a big out tonight. Like there are some guys in that bullpen that we know through like from seeing them over the years. Like 
they aren't eight ERA pitchers. <laughs> like, right. like Tommy Hunter, sure, he's getting older and, and whatnot, but he's not an ADRA pitcher. Adam Morgan's not an ADRA pitcher. Maybe some of these guys that are Fiolascara. Yeah, like maybe he. Most of those guys aren't even on the team anymore. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Most of these guys that are prospects or they aren't like established major leaguers, those guys aren't on the team anymore. And it's mostly veterans that you probably know what you're going to get out of, or it's guys that are just more talented than that. So while the bullpen might not be great right now, like is going to be passable, more passable than it was the first few weeks of the season and that it has been up to this point. I think uh, uh, an underrated thing too, maybe not, in my opinion, is is that Vince Velasquez is like he's the long man now. Like uh, the the Phillies, so many times this season, it feels like um, you know the pitcher, the starting pitcher exits. You know, if a guy's struggling one night, exits after five innings, and maybe they're down a run, maybe it's tied, maybe they're down two runs, and the the next guy who comes in gives up three or four runs automatically right and and the game's out of reach so having a guy like Velasquez who throughout his career has really good numbers the first time through the lineup to come into the game I think that matters like I think that is going to play a role maybe it helps him win an extra game or two this season um so yeah I'm, I'm intrigued to see how that helps you know Cole Irvin and Nick Pavetta were the 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 two the first guys out of the pen earlier this season and, and uh, moving to Velasquez is is big. Um, Can we talk about JoJo Romero's debut? Oh yeah, uh, he touched ninety seven. Like pitching in the minor leagues last year, I don't think I saw that out of him. He bounced around between Double A AA and Triple A last year. He um, he he struggled at, at times, uh, and he pitched mostly as a starter. starter in the right. minors. He didn't, he didn't I don't a think he was. Until... A, I don't think he was a reliever, and then. Until Arizona. He made, yep. He made the fall league and eight appearances and, you know, eight appearances is basically nothing, but in eight appearances, he was really good. You can only, right. you know, make do with uh, the what appearances you you're, you're given. And he was really, really, really good ERA under one. And in that debut, like he, he looked gross. Right. That, that fastball, that surprised me to be honest. Right. Well, that it really is- surprised me. It is interesting because we talk. I feel like we've we've spent the last couple of years talking a lot about guys like Pavetta and Velasquez. Like, oh, if you move them to the pen, maybe their their fastball adds some velo. And I think with some guys that might not hold true, and like some guys just don't have stuff that plays up out of the pen. Uh, but it looks like with Romero, that that move to the pen is something that is really going to work for him. Now, whether that plays a factor this year, probably mm-hmm. not, but maybe. Uh, guys get hurt. Who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, they just but, had a lefty get. They just had a lefty get hurt. Right. So right. And and but long, he, um, long term, it's it's exciting. I think. And, and he's always been like because uh, as a starter, he hasn't he hasn't had a fastball that's in the mid to. It's like the yeah. yeah mid to high nineties. It's like low to mid, mostly. Uh, so he's always been craftier, and, and the ability to pitch a bit craftier. And also be able to blow a fastball and blow a fastball by people. Like I think that yeah. I think that's really encouraging for the Phillies and for JoJo. Yeah. Um, one more thing on the bullpen. 
they, you know, they might even have some more guys coming back. I don't think it's anything they should count on from David Robertson um, or Ranger Suarez, but just having those guys back could be like, it could be big. And it looks like it, both guys within a week or two are, are expected to, to come up. I think they've both been pitching to live batters. Uh, they, yeah. I don't know if you can count on getting anything out of Robertson just because mm-hmm. of the injury. Right. And I don't know if you can count on getting anything out of Suarez either, but they could really, really use the version of Suarez that they had at the In end September. of the year yeah. last yeah. year. He was a huge part of that bullpen that ended up having the fourth best second half <laughs> bullpen year or whatever it was. Yeah. And like I said, with a, a lefty down, with Alvarez down, uh, another lefty out of that bullpen could not could not hurt. And I know they have Adam Morgan, who's – looking a little better right now. And they have Tommy Hunter who can get left-handers out. But having having another lefty certainly could not hurt. And I think Ranger Suarez is a pretty good reliever, at least from what we saw last year. Yeah. So I, th- I think we, we both agree, uh, both in, in terms of just like the un, uh, su- like sustainability of how bad they were and also the, the dudes they've added um, – the bullpen is, is just going to be better moving forward. It's not, it's not going to be great, but it's going to be passable. Yep. Um, yeah, exactly. Do you think that either in the bullpen or elsewhere, do you think they make any more moves before next Monday? Yeah, I think they probably pick up some relievers, if anyone. If there's, if there's some people with talent that are DFA'd or cut, uh, anything like that, I think the Phillies probably right. – they Jump grab some it. guys. Yeah, they still have, is Austin Davis still on the 40-man, or was he just – I think they DFA'd him. They, yeah. Um, if Mike yeah. Morin becomes available, Jared Hughes. Jared Hughes. Uh, they, you know, they already have Parker back on the team. Anyone from that bullpen last year, pick him up. I think J- Jason Vargas would pitch out of the pen. Maybe. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and like – this is definitely the week that guys are going to become available because other teams will be making trades. They'll be forced to uh, drop guys. I'm definitely in general excited uh, for the trade deadline. I'm not, I'm not trying to get my hopes up because usually July 31st is just the best day of the year. Like it's awesome. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be active, but we might see some big names on the move, like relatively big names. Maybe Mike Clevenger gets traded. Um, Maybe police act. Maybe so. It'll definitely be intriguing, and and just to see how teams, um, you know, act. You know, the, the Phillies are three games under five hundred, and they were buyers. You know, it, it's so much different than usual because eight teams make the playoffs, and that is something I, I think we should talk a little bit um, about. Are you like? I think we've both been pretty positive about. Like we, we think the Phillies have a pretty good chance to make the playoffs. Did the last week sway you at all? I know I, I still think um, they probably get the second spot in the NL at East. What, what do you think? Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. They're better than the Marlins. They're better than the Nationals. And they're better than the Mets. Like, they're just better than these teams. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. Even, the, the Nationals, that's not even saying much. The Nationals, it's, it is like – Looking at this lineup, it's like, how did this team win the World Series? And it's obviously missing Rendon is so big. And, and now Strasburg's out for the season. Um, 
it's uh, <laughs> the lineup is just not it's not it's not good. Yeah, and um you know, the Phillies they did just make their team at least a little bit better. Better, right. Right. Um yeah, I don't know. The Mets were starting to win. I think they had won a few games in a row, but they lost one to the Marlins earlier and are losing to the Marlins now. Uh two nothing after five and a seven inning game. Um I agree with you, like I don't buy the Marlins, even though we spent a lot of time talking on this podcast about how we bought the Marlins. Uh, speaking of the Marlins, Sixto looks so good in his he debut. Awesome, former Phillies top prospect, I guess. Yes, he was, he was their top prospect he at was, the time. He, of course, was created for JT Realmuto along with Jorge Alfaro and another prospect. He looked really good in his debut. Like he's, he's going to be a good pitcher. Is Sixto Sanchez? the most highly regarded prospect the Phillies have had in our lifetime? No. You don't think? Coming up? I like, mean, like, Nola was a good prospect. I think I think Sanchez is more like – when Nola was coming up, it was like, yeah, he's a, he's a high a – they, they had Dominic Brown and true, J.P. Crawford. True. Dominic Brown and – that's true. That's true. J.P. Crawford was, like, the second best prospect in baseball, and I think Dominic Brown was – yeah. He was top, he was top yeah. five. To be to be fair on Nola though, like coming up, people I think it wasn't just Pete McCannon. It was it was kind of widely thought like his ceiling was a two. Um, he, he's a one three. of those guys that that came up and his stuff just kind of exploded. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Sixo Sanchez probably the best pitching prospect they've had in our lifetime. Um, I mean, uh, I around I think like isn't Howard ranked above him right now? Or it, it depends Maybe. where you look, I guess. Howard's a, he's one of them. He's one of them. Like they have. Yeah, I mean Sanchez. Sanchez. It's like he's out there. He's throwing one hundred and one. Just like no effort. It's it's crazy yeah, watching his pitch. He's, he's awesome. So he's really good. <laughs> he's, so good. he's really good. I I you know it's unfortunate. Of course, getting like I mentioned a couple episodes ago, like getting to watch Rio Muto is really cool. Like yeah. that we cover and watch the Phillies. It's cool to see really good players. Uh, but it would also be really cool to get to see Sixto, San- Sixto Sanchez pitch like every fifth day because I think he's going. I think he's going he's to be, be really, really good. Really good. And he's he's put on some weight, I think, which is good because he was he was like tiny. He was really small coming up. Um, and I just. I, He's going to be good. Hopefully he doesn't – he was injured a little bit in the minors. Hopefully he um, – that's not something that sticks with him throughout his career. But it'll be it'll be cool to watch him. We'll be able to watch him a lot because he's in the division. Um, yeah. Too much short bias. Like, he's going to be good. It doesn't matter that he's short. That's yeah. fine. He's no, I'm saying he was like – he was – he's, what, 5'10", 5'11"? Yeah, Maybe something six feet. like that. But he was also like – 170 pounds. Oh yeah. At one point, and now he developed. He's, he's he grew. He grew. Weight. Yeah. Grew into his body a little bit. Um, yeah. He developed. He he's older now, so yeah. I just he's gonna be good. We yes. That stuff. Yes. It's exciting. That fastball looked good in his debut. That was a that yeah. was an awesome debut to see. Same day yeah. as uh, McKenzie on on Cleveland. Oh, that was so. that was great too. I. It's been cool. A lot of dudes have been making their debuts around the same time this year. Um, the, the the Giants just called up Joey Bart. Yep, pretty good. 
Gabe Kapler's Giants, who I think last time I checked, they uh, had a playoff spot. Let me look. I don't think that's nah, true. They, they did. Let's see. Um, so technically right now they are tied with the Brewers for the eighth playoff spot. Um, yeah. I'll take Cueto in a, in a winner go home game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the, well, I think the giants are a little bit better than people expected. Like Donovan Solano had like a 15 game, 15 game. Hit Yaz is a Yaz is so good. That like kind of came out of nowhere. I think, I don't think anyone really expected him to be as good as he's been. He's better than his grandfather. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's speaking, better. Speaking of the playoffs too, um, I think it's interesting to look at how this year is going to be different because it's going to be a three game series uh, in the first round. And if I remember correctly, the top, the each of the division winners get to choose their opponent, right? I make it. I I don't remember. I think that might be true. Yeah. Uh, so I think the, the big thing there is is obviously the the three game series. They weren't even and... able to explain the postseason format on opening day with the commissioner there. Like they botched the they botched right. the the playoff presentation on ESPN on opening night. So that's kind of why I I am a little confused on these new postseason rules. And because they kind of just threw them together also, like, the day before opening day. So who even knows if their rules are going to apply by the time the playoffs come around because they just kind of change things as they go, I guess. All right. I think that I do remember seeing the the top three seed thing, but looking at an article on MLB.com now, it doesn't look like that is what – is happening um so it's just one plays eight but you know the phillies they could be the sixth seed or whatever they could play a really good team having aaron nola and zach wheeler out there first two games i think that is gonna be really big who pitches game three it, i tweeted that early manager i know i follow uh, you 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 follow me at johnny heller no h from johnny okay i don't know if i follow you um yeah, I think if I'm the manager, I'm giving Jake Arrieta the ball. Really? Uh, he's really? been there. He's been there. He's been there. Yeah, but that was that's not even the same guy. He's been there and and I'll have a quick hook, you know, I'll have I'll have Zach Eflin warming up. I'll have or not warming up, but I'll have him ready to warm up in the he has to come in in the first inning because Jake Arrieta gave up a home run to lead off the game. Like, sure. Um, but I think, I think Arietta's guy, Eflin. So the thing about Eflin is he's striking everyone out, but he's like, he can't get lefties out at all. Um, he can get two types of players that Zach Eflin can't get out lefties and Dansby Swanson. Uh, and I think that hurts in the playoffs, especially if they're playing the Braves. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I still like the idea of a Howard Velasquez piggyback. I think basically in a game three of the playoffs like that, you could probably piggyback Velasquez with any of them if he's pitching well going into the yeah. game. I I agree with that. 
So is Velasquez your first guy out of the pen then? Like even if the dude, whoever comes in first struggles? Um, yeah, if it's – unless the starter ha- is cruising and happens to go like seven, then you can probably just go right to, you know, a combination of Neris, Alvarez, and Workman and, you know, those those kind of guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm excited. It's that's only like a month away, a little over a month until the playoffs. This uh, this no hitter, it got me a little amped up. For felt a little playoffy. You know, we felt some tension in there, just seeing if Giolito would get it. And this playoffs, even though, even though that there's no fans, it's gonna feel intense. Yeah, it's gonna be really cool. Um, do we have a do we have any thoughts on Sunday night's ending? Oh, I mean, that was an awesome play by Roman Quinn to get to the ball. Uh, it was a really good throw, too. I, I did not expect him his throw to reach Gregorius as quickly as it did, and just, like, he threw a strike. And then Didi's throw wasn't perfect, but no. Oh, that was a good it. throw. It it made two hops, but that didn't matter. Like, it got there. It's better than right. him, uh, throwing right. a rainbow yeah. or, or right. making a throw that right. wasn't on the money. Yeah, and that that made a really good tag. He was so hyped. He was, yeah, he was he was fired up. That was he really is, cool to see. He is getting so many hits right now. And I just wrote about that. You should go check that out on philliesnation.com. I I wrote about Andrew Knapp's hot start and I'll uh kind of reveal a little bit about what I wrote there. Um he's always had a really good batting average on balls in play throughout his whole career. Um it, I it's like 340 or something on his career and you know the past two years he's been a bad hitter to be frank about it he, he's been a bad hitter one year was under 200 batting average the second one right above it and they had to look to him in key pinch hit spots all the time and he just was never good at it uh, and he was striking out a lot the past two seasons uh, which he didn't he didn't do as much in 2017, and he's not doing it as much this season either. And his batting average on balls in play this year is probably it, it's definitely unsustainable. It's like well over 500. It's like 561. So that's you know that's not sustainable. Maybe it is this year because he's a part time player in a part time season. So maybe that's sustainable for him, but. Um, you know, just the the fact that he's striking out less, I think, is huge because good things happen for him when he's putting the ball in play. Uh, he's cooked like a bunch of left fielders this year. I think his last two doubles were with just him putting it over the left fielder's head when they <laughs> probably should have caught the ball, and they, they just didn't for some reason. He just sorted over their heads. Uh, but he was really hyped after that play. He's hitting the ball well. Uh, a lot of people said last offseason that they should upgrade there. We were some of the ones to say that he was beyond fine. He makes a, he makes $700,000 this season uh, before – that's even before we prorate these salaries. So uh, he's on one of the better contracts in yeah. Major League Baseball. One of, one of several things we were right about this offseason. One of several things I was right about this offseason. Um, I don't know Aaron, if I was wrong about anything. Is, is Aaron Savali good? Yeah. 
Yeah, he's good. I was right about Aaron Spally. <laughs> Take a yeah. victory, taking a victory lap after three starts. <laughs> Six starts. Six. <laughs> he's been he's been good. He's been good. He's been good. You were right. Yeah, I was right. Was I right about anything? Um <laughs> uh, I guess Nap. You said a lot about Hector Neris being really good. I said Wheeler was gonna be good. I guess I've yeah. been right about that. Yeah, you were one of the only people to say that Wheeler was gonna be good. Neris has not been good, <laughs> okay. but I think he'll be all right. Yeah. Well Neris, I think like tonight he was just like getting babbipped a little bit, but his he has not looked the same as he as he did last year. Like his splitter doesn't have the same bite and he can't throw it for strikes at all. Um he'll get there. Splitters I, are yeah. weird. Yeah, splitters are confirmed weird. Um I think I you know, you hope he's fine. Workman has not looked great as the closer these first two two games. Not that you need the same dude to close every game. Um, but yeah, Naris will probably be fine. Um, do you have any... Oh, wh- one more thing we should touch on before we wrap up because it is almost midnight on a night before I think we both have some stuff in the morning. Uh, the Phillies offense is kind of starting to balance out um we talked about this a little bit last week too but it's it's sustained to a point um Andrew McCutcheon Reese Hoskins Gene Segura are all hitting the ball pretty well um even though Bryce Harper hasn't been this is only the last like three or four games he hasn't been quite as on fire since he hit that 470 foot home run against the Braves he hasn't been quite as on fire as he had been um Real Muto hit the home run tonight, but he is he had also slowed down a little bit. So it looks like this 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 lineup's gonna hit no matter what. You know? Yeah, they're gonna rake. Yeah. They they have too many good hitters not to. They have the, the two best hitting catchers in baseball, so like how are they not gonna gonna rake? The the Braves might have that one. Well they No, have that's the true. They have uh because Flowers and Darno are like second and third in F four. Just crazy. Darno was like batting third the other day, and I was like, "What is this?" Darno, <laughs> the Mets designated Darno for assignment, and he immediately became a top five catcher in baseball. They they <laughs> cut they cut Travis Darno, and he became Mike Piazza. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I said. When I I literally said that in the group chat the other day. So it's all right. Ty loves stealing my bits. I didn't uh, even read that. Wow. So <laughs> that's that's telling of I don't even know what, but any any final thoughts before you wrap up? Um No, I don't really have anything else. I seriously did not read that. I didn't mean to steal your joke. It no, that's fine. It's pretty fine. obvious. Keep stealing my bits. It's fine. Uh AL Central's the best division in baseball. Uh yeah. That's all. The Pirates are pretty bad. Pretty bad. They're not. They're not great. Um, they still have a shot. You know, Anyone Versace. does. Any, anyone's got a shot. It's yeah. Anyone's game. Yeah. So the Phils have. They have two more against the Nationals, and then they play the Braves again this weekend. But yeah, we'll talk about those games and more on next week's episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.